wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, uh, minister to the uh, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. And how fantastic it is uh, to be with you uh, today. Uh, I love uh, being able to share with our listeners. And thank you so much to those of you who are giving us constant feedback through our uh, Faith FM uh, SMS uh, system. Now, folks, if you'd like to send an SMS in here to to Drive Time, please feel free to do that. Uh, you can actually do that uh, that number again is 0488 Also, if you don't have the Faith FM app, um, you need to go to the App Store, uh, download it, look for Faith FM Australia, download it, and you will get a wonderful app uh, that will allow you to look at uh, both this program, hear both this program, and also any previous program that's been, uh, been played. Uh, it's excellent. It's marvellous for uh, Bluetoothing in your car to your car uh, sound system. Uh, so why not? Uh, why not do that? Why not uh, pick it up and uh, just uh, just download that from your your favourite app store? Now this week we're asking the question: How compatible is biblical belief with Halloween? Now, of course, Halloween's on uh, towards the very end. I think it's the thirtieth of, of this month, just a few days' time. Uh, is biblical belief compatible with Halloween. Now on Monday and Tuesday we looked at the origin of Halloween and we considered some biblical principles that I believe really challenge the believer's participation in this event today. And we want to broaden out that subject and just ask a broader question. Is the supernatural real? Uh, because that's certainly been one of the foundations that we've been laying uh, over the last couple of days. Now, to guide us through our discussion today, we're joined by our regular Wednesday co-host, and it's wonderful to have with us Pastor uh, David Butcher. And uh, David is the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in uh, South Australia. Now, welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. How has your day been? My day has been uh, been wonderful. It took me a little while today to uh, to actually pull our program together today. Uh, but tell me something: How are you enjoying our pseudo spring? Yeah, like today in Adelaide is, uh, I think, um, forecasted to be 15 degrees, and yet uh, I got around this morning um, till about 11 in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, there was beautiful sunshine, but the wind was strong. It was, it was, and it was cold too. I was certainly out doing my walk this morning at six o'clock, and I have to admit, to be back to walking again in seven and eight degrees uh, this time of the year is a rather a big shock to the system. However, I will say the sun is coming up at an acceptable time now. It's, okay, because uh, you don't like daylight saving, do you? No, I don't like robbery, you mean. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I love daylight saving. And yeah, look, wherever you're living right across uh, this wonderful country, um, we hope that you're waking up to good weather. We know that parts of this nation are 
experiencing uh, fires. Uh, people are being, um, uh, what's the word? They're being um, taken out of where they are yeah. uh, and relocated for Greatly safety. Impacted. Greatly yeah. impacted. And our thoughts and prayers go out to you uh, if you're experiencing those sorts of natural disasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, that's certainly very, uh, very true. We live in a uh, in a country that is uh, challenged from time to time, but uh, thankfully it's not troubled way the way some of our countries at the present time. You know, my thoughts and prayers really go out, particularly to the guys in the Middle East at the present time. Uh, you know, the innocent civilians, the lives that are being turned on their head. Uh, to me, I just look at, you know, you could only cry. Uh, when you see what's occurring there, and and with a with a biblical worldview of the supernatural, Gary, and good and evil, you can just see Satan just wringing his hands, so to speak, in yeah. glee. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But David, look, let's come to uh, our World Watch uh, segment, and I just love. I mean, you're a uh, a leader here in uh, in South Australia, and uh, today I was looking at the the Christian News, Premier Christian News, which is actually uh, one of the major Christian newspapers in uh, the United Kingdom, and uh, they were uh, uh, commenting on some research that's certainly been done over in that part of the world, and. Uh, it's entitled um, Church Leaders Considering Quitting Their Job Due to Stress. Church Leaders Are Considering the Quitting of Their Job Due to Stress. And it, uh, it went on and it made these, uh, uh, these, uh, these announcements. Uh, one in three uh, church leaders say they want to step down from their roles within the next two years due to job-related stress according to a new survey by Unite. The trade union, and they are a trade union, a study revealed that 75% of those surveyed regularly work beyond their contracted hours, often facing challenging situations such as providing support to individuals suffering from acute mental illness. Reverend Nikki Skipworth from the Unite from Unite uh, shared with Premier the challenging nature of the clergy's role, emphasising the desire, uh, their desire to be there for people in times of need, but feeling they often have to rely on family and friends to feel listened to themselves. I rejoice when the phone goes at 3 a.m. Now, that's that. she's a unique individual. I rejoice when the phone goes at 3 a.m. We really want to be there for people, Reverend Nikki Skipworth from Unite told Premier Christian News. But it's really, really tough role at the, at the present time. We have to go in search of people in our lives who will listen, for, listen to us. But we're very adverse to burdening other people with our own staff because we want to make a priority of listening to other people. According to the survey, the cost of living crisis is also having a detrimental effect on the well-being of faith workers across uh, across various uh, denominations, with 89 of the respondents experiencing anxiety and chronic fatigue as a result of the stress. Unite is urging faith organisations to implement their existing well-being policies and assess the adequacy of support systems for their clergy. The survey indicates that if religious bodies do not take prompt action uh, to address these challenges, they may face difficulties in filling positions. 
Reverend Nikki Skipworth continued, People are really crying out for more support, not just policies on paper, but for these policies to actually be followed by their faith organisation, their diocese or their particular circuit. Now, David, look, it's not a long article, but I felt it was one that was significant because you're actually responsible for employing, um, you know, church pastors, certainly in here in, in South, uh, in South Australia. Uh, but look, the thing I'm really conscious of is this, is that stress in work is hardly unique to, to, to clergy. Uh, now, aren't we actually speaking about something that is simply a cultural reality? I mean, shouldn't clergy just simply toughen up? Ah, really good, Gary. Um, next time you're in a meeting uh, with fellow uh, colleagues and ministers and I'm there, I might just say, Gary said... Uh, look, and, and while we might, um, sort of laugh about that, it has been said and it does get said and people often might, uh, there are people that say, well, look, if you're a clergy, if you're a minister or a priest or whatever, you only work one day a week. Well, I've been told one hour or one hour a week. And well, that's, and, and while that's a joke, there have been times when I've been a local church minister where that has hurt. Mm. Very infrequent. Like I might have had three funerals in that week or some massive challenges. And, um, but the reality is, Gary, and, and I'm going to say this quite broadly. Um, I think there are many different, um, career choices and paths where there is massive overwork and stress. In fact, I believe in the last 20 years, there's been a change, Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years, whatever you want to call it, a change in, um, in work expectations in the sense of um, there, people have worked harder yeah, yeah. Uh, and there is less margin so companies got to drive workers harder. Mm. Um, and then you've got the pushback from employees which sometimes could be a bit soft. Let me give you an example. And uh, my wife's a teacher so I'll put it out there. But uh, in our state in South Australia – and I'm sure this is national as well, teachers who educate the future, really important profession, Vital profession. are wanting to have some massive, um, what I would consider massive, salary increases. Mm. And mm. They, they striked here in South Australia, I think, at least one day. Anyway, I saw this um, news story on the TV, and I, I, they were interviewing one particular teacher, and... Um, I believe she made it laughable. She said, listen, she said, I have to take work home. She said, I don't get home till uh, 5.30. And she was <laughs> complaining about this. And I'm thinking every other profession almost could do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Medibank Private, for instance, uh, Medibank, the health insurance company, uh, last night I heard uh, looking at introducing a four-day working week. Mm-hmm. Um, to try and improve well-being of people. Yeah. When it comes to ministry, Gary, and so many people are under stress. Yeah. When it comes to ministry, and I've, I've been blessed, I've worked in business, in corporate, in manufacturing, in transport, uh, in warehousing distribution, et cetera, et cetera, and now ministry. So I've worked long hours in, in the business world and also in ministry. How do you compare the stress between the two? I, I think there is a difference for me. There's a bit difference because... When I've worked in corporate or business, I come to my weekend, I come to my Sabbath, and that all is all goes away mm-hmm. because I'm switched off, I'm focusing on worshipping the Lord. When it comes to ministry, and maybe people might do this better than me, when it comes to ministry, it's, 20, it's seven days mm, and it yeah. doesn't stop. And so you don't get to get away from that. 
And so one of the challenges in ministry, I think, Gary, is that um, uh, and other professions like counselling and, and all. And, and oh, I know teaching. I know, you know, certainly my wife also is a teacher and mm. I'm conscious of the sheer uh, amount of, I would call it, uh, overload, extraneous work that's being required uh, that isn't actually direct teaching uh, in it's the, the red, contemporary red, world. Red tape. Red tape that is required now that certainly 20 years ago when uh, we, 30, 40 years ago, was certainly not required. You were able to stand in the classroom, get your your teaching done, preparing your lessons was basically the preparation you did, and writing reports at the end of the... Uh, but I'm conscious that um, most uh, teachers today are under far more stress than certainly uh, uh, was the case just a few years ago. Yes, and so I think our society is under incredible stress, and certainly some professions more than others, no yeah. question, right? But, but there is stress everywhere. Yeah, yeah. A- and so for me... Um, it can be harder to switch off when it's seven days a week, so to speak, or yeah. you don't have another profession, or you have another profession, then you come to your day of worship. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, it's good being a minister. There is a level of flexibility mm-hmm. that in some professions you don't have. It's good you get to journey with people, but you need to be able to, um, you need to be able to have someone professionally to speak with when you're dealing with lots of grief and lots of trauma and you know I was speaking with with a minister about you know probably three months ago and this particular minister was sharing with me the number of deaths I dealt with this year and a lot of them were young people Mm. and um, it's a bit like our indigenous people when there's a death they don't get to grieve there's another one so it's trauma upon trauma and they don't get to unpack it or deal with it and so anyone working in a profession and ministers are one of those where they're dealing with that one after another that does take a toll yeah yeah and particularly I found myself you know when you're dealing with something like a suicide you know I know that to me if I'm dealing with a a suicide I can I can almost write off well three or four days because uh, not just the funeral but you want to sit down with the family you want to talk to the family and you want to debrief with with maybe children and uh, there is so much more than just turning around and uh, running a you know a funeral service uh, that you're not functioning as a celebrant uh, you're mm. functioning as a minister or a pastor and that in itself uh, is actually incredibly draining and as you say if that comes one on top of another uh, that uh, that can actually become yeah. And I think that's a factor why Jesus uh, wanted to take his disciples away to rest a while. One yeah. of the factors. Yeah. Just to get away. And, and that is the beauty of the Sabbath as, as a day of rest, a day of worship. Yeah. Now, the challenge for a religious leader or minister is to still be able to switch off from some of those other elements they've been dealing with all week. Yeah. yeah and, and I guess yeah. that's the same for other uh, paramedics or doctors. They come to their day of worship if, if they have a faith. And for them to be able to clear their heads, so to speak, to, to be in that place of worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think what we're saying is we're acknowledging that, hey, this is a very real issue for our clergy, but we don't think it's a dissimilar uh, to certainly uh, what is the case in many, and I, I would say particularly people-helping professions. Yes, service, like nurses and doctors. I mean, it's they're under immense pressure, aged yeah. care workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even this week I heard another news report saying that they can't get enough relief teachers in, in um, early learning centres. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think that this is certainly, this is, this is where I'm so, so conscious of our need to be able to support one another. Support your pastor, yes, but also support uh, others who are in the church, uh, others who are part of your community, who may be going through incredible stress and yet not recognize it because more and more, uh, our society is making demands, I believe, of all of us, uh, that, um, that, 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 that really um, were not the ca- was not the case um, many many years uh, years ago, and uh, to be able to support each other and encourage each other uh, to me is just so important. You know, it's amazing the way a, a word of encouragement to the uh, you know to your pastor, to your teacher, uh, to your uh, you know to your doctor, uh, to your uh, to your tradesman who comes into your house, and uh, and you just simply say, "Hi, hey, look, thank you for a job." Well done. It's amazing the way that can actually lift the individual, um, and uh, and suddenly they're thinking, "Hey, uh, yes, it's a sacrifice uh, in doing uh, doing this role, but it's worthwhile." I feel blessed for being able to give of myself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, let's come to some uh, some music. This is uh, Emu music, and uh, it's a really beautiful rendition of that uh, old uh, old hymn. Crown him with uh, with many crowns, uh, please, uh, please enjoy.
And that is uh, Emu Music. Uh, crown him with many crowns. A really, a really beautiful little uh, little rendition. Now, folks, uh, we do have a giveaway book uh, for you today, but it's not one of our usual books. This is actually uh, the Bible. Uh, there are some some people who um, are, are struggling uh, with the Bible that they they might have. Uh, we're giving away the new um, King James Version gift Bible uh, with a Mark Finley helps. Now, some, one of the biggest issues with uh, uh, with the scriptures is sometimes understanding where do the passages all come together. And maybe people have asked questions about the Bible. What's going on in the world at this present time? Now, this particular Bible has got in the back about 25 studies put together by a pastor um, Mark Finley to actually explain so much that is actually in uh, the word of God you may like to go through and actually chain mark uh, your this this particular bible so that you can share your faith maybe with a uh, with a young person uh, maybe one of your children if they've got questions to uh, to ask now david tell me are you familiar with this particular uh, bible yes i am gary it, it's a really good book um, to give as a gift. It's a really good um, version of the Bible um, to be able to study with yourself, as you've said. I mean, where do you start? Some yeah, people yeah. ask. And this particular person, Mark Finley, has had decades and decades of biblical teaching and experience and ministering right over the planet. And um, yeah, I'd really encourage you to... Um, Text the message through the code word on our number and get this book. Um, Gary, before you give that, and actually maybe, maybe if we give this, it's, uh, text to 04888880811 and the code word or, or the, the code you need is SA141. Now, Gary, you'll give that again in mm, a few minutes, but yeah. just want to say, Gary, and it ties in with our theme today, the importance of the scripture. Um, I remember early on in my ministry, I was, uh, called to visit a house and there was this lady whose partner was in prison mm. and um, uh, her in-laws so to speak were there they called me there she was there and as soon as I pulled out the Bible and put it on the table it was one of those Mark Finley study Bibles yeah, yeah. I put the Bible on the table she was next to me and she moved away. She was scared to touch the Bible wow. because she'd been involved with the occult and wow. um, so uh, that's got nothing to do with Mark Finley. It's the Word of God, right? Yeah. But what I want to suggest is the Bible of any book is the key book. If you've been struggling to understand how to get in and read the Bible or what some of the things mean, this is the book that you need. So, Gary, how do people get hold of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, David, look, if you'd like the New King James Version, this is the Bible that I actually use myself. I I actually find it uh, it reads so, so beautifully. Uh, the New King James Version, uh, uh, version gift Bible with the Mark Finley helps in the back. Now just text us through to O four triple eight eight O eight eleven. That number again is O four triple eight eight O eight eleven. And in your text just give us the code five digits in a row SA one forty one. SA one forty one and uh uh, you send that through to us and that'll go through actually to our robot and our robot will, will recognize SA141. He'll come back to you, ask a, a couple of questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. The New King James Version gift Bible with the Mark Finley helps uh, in the back 04888 80811 and SA141 uh, is the, uh, is the code.
Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And uh, to guide us through our Bible study, we're actually joined uh, with our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's our Pastor David Butcher. And this week we're asking the question, how compatible is biblical belief with Halloween? Now on Monday and Tuesday, we actually looked at the origin of Halloween and considered some biblical principles that I believe really challenge the believer's participation in this event. Now look, yesterday's program was a real beauty. We had Pastor Marty Thompson. He was sharing the, uh, sharing the Bible study. And now look, if you want to listen to that particular program, it's worth picking up on. You can go back on the app and you can replay that. I believe you'll love that, uh, that particular program. Today though, what we want to ask is, is the supernatural real? Now, David, the thing that I'm really conscious of is that the supernatural in the media is starting to really go through the roof. Um, One author actually put it like this. Now that I think about it, most of the bestsellers during my teen years were pretty dark. The Twilight Saga featured a high school girl falling for a vampire. The Hunger Games trilogy was about teenagers and even some kids younger than that battling to the death for pure entertainment. Then there was the Vampire Diaries. They were based on books about a high school girl bouncing between vampire brothers. Uh, And then... Um, and then there was the series of books concerning Harry Potter. And, uh, this author was just talking about the, uh, the number of, uh, of books and, uh, uh, books and videos and, uh, uh, th- that have come out in recent times, um, creating a, a huge genre that really wasn't there earlier. Um, you know, now lots of people would actually say, look, you know, um, no, does it really matter? You know, uh, this stuff's really make believe. But David, the supernatural, is it real or is it just make believe? Is it something, is it just a myth, uh, that I can, you know, have a little bit of fun with? Yeah, really critical topic, Gary. In fact, this whole week, uh, that we're covering, um, around Halloween this time of year is critical because Halloween is growing in Australia, isn't it? Is, it used it to is. just be big in America. Um, so, so Gary, this is, this topic, uh, is the supernatural real? Uh, yes, it is. There's different facets, just like a diamond of how it can be unpacked. Firstly, I want to suggest that the whole Bible, it's a supernatural book. Okay. It's a supernatural okay. book. Yep. So, yep. uh, and, and as you've said, many of these programs that are out now and, and shows, etc. I've never watched a Star Wars movie. I don't have any inkling or desire yeah. to, but yeah. you hear enough about it in the media. There's good and dark forces, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of these sorts of movies, there are elements that seem to have mimicked what or, or, or even distorted what's in scripture. Indeed. Uh, the Bible starts with saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. So it begins with a supernatural one that there is a God. Uh, we're told that he has no beginning, that he's always existed. Mm. So the Bible presupposes uh, the supernatural. It does. And that first verse in the Bible actually establishes the what we would call today the worldview of the Bible. And, of course, this is something that... 
a lot of people don't actually recognize that the world view of the Bible is totally different to the secular world view of our society. Uh, you see, uh, within the scriptures, uh, we've got uh, looking at through the, if we look through our, our world through the lens of scripture, uh, what you find is that the supernatural is normative. Uh, you know, you've got, you've, you've just mentioned their creation, you know, a supernatural creator. But right through the Bible, you get things like miracles. You know, you yes. get Moses working these miracles during the 10 plagues. You get Jesus coming and working miracles. Uh, you get the Apostle Paul working miracles. Now, of course, these are supernatural things. These are outside the realm of the natural laws that govern our society. And then you. And yet, this is the biblical worldview. This keep, is the, keep going, Gary. This yeah. is the biblical worldview. I mean, you've got within the scriptures, uh, you've got uh, uh, a prophecy that foretells the future. Now, that. Is a supernatural event. And just on that, Gary, Amos 3 7, just to back up what you've said, says, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. In other words, God foretells to people in advance what will take place. Exactly, exactly. Now, even when the coming of Jesus Christ, what you get is Jesus not just working miracles, but himself uh, being born, according to the, to the word of God, of a virgin. Now, that what does that actually mean? Well, that actually means that he's born uh, of, a, of a woman that hasn't had relationships with a man. Now, if you talk to any secular... Uh, um, person today, you'll say, well, that's actually impossible. impossible. Yeah, that's what some people would sort of suggest when they got pregnant, that there, there was no man involved, well, right, that, to that, cover that, up. Exactly. But, I mean, that's exactly what the Word of God, the Word of God is actually saying that. But, do you know, the thing that to me establishes that is what occurred when uh, Jesus was uh, was actually killed, because you also get the story of the resurrection. And if you look at the, at the evidence for the resurrection, it's incredibly powerful. Do dead men come back to life? Well, naturally, no, they don't. Uh, you know, continually through the Word of God, what you've got is supernatural events that are taking place. Now, David, this is uh, to me uh, is actually called the worldview. You see, the worldview of the Word of God is different to a secular worldview. And it's so important that we actually pick this up. What the Bible is doing is presenting something that our secular world totally, totally denies. Rejects and scoffs at and denies. It does. It does. Now, you know, this is why we need to, therefore, come back and say, for example, what is the evidence for this alternative Worldview, And to me, that question is vitally important. And we're going to come to the question of today in just a moment. But this foundation, I mm. believe, is really key. And particularly our, our young people need to understand uh, this particular foundation. Is there evidence for the biblical worldview as opposed to the secular worldview? Well, I suggest that there is, you know. If and in just briefly, Gary, yeah, give yeah, a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, to, to me, for example, you've got uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you go and study uh, into the 
church, uh, the church fathers, the historians of the day. You get Tacitus, you get Josephus, you know, and these people are not Christian people, and yet uh, they certainly provide significant evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To me, I look at the uh, the biblical prophecies. Now, mm. you know, predictive when you, prophecy. Predictive yeah. prophecy. I look at I look at that and I say, wow, you know, hundreds and thousands of years before things have actually taken place, uh, what you get is the Bible accurately being able to foretell the future. Now, to me, that qualifies as evidence. Mm, definitely. Uh, you know, the resurrection, the, uh, dare I say it, the um, uh, uh, creation, I believe there is significant um, evidence uh, for the biblical worldview that is uh, that is presented in the, the creation uh, and the and the flood stories uh, and uh, and to me I, I wish more and more people would actually dig into what evidence is actually there but to me David the reason that's important is because uh, I must ultimately come back and have a look at the issue of world view how do I view my world does my view does my world have a supernatural component to it, or is it something as our secular friends would would suggest, uh, just something that uh, hey, you know, everything is natural? Because the secular worldview, of course, is based on a thing called naturalism. In other words, everything continues exactly as uh, as, as it, it as it always has. Uh, and your presupposition is so important. You know, I'm suggesting to you that. If in fact the biblical worldview is uh, is viable, and I believe it is based on the evidence, then in fact the supernatural has to be regarded as being an authentic, a reasonable way of uh, of looking at our and world. there have been Christian, supposed Christian scholars that have tried to explain away the miracles, haven't there? There have been people that have uh, basically removed those portions of Scripture and ended up with not much when it comes to the New Testament. Gary, I know we're going to um, get deep into our study, but this is critical, what you're saying, the biblical worldview versus the secular worldview, because the secular worldview is dabbling continually in what someone with a biblical worldview would think is extremely dangerous. But because the secular worldview doesn't believe it to be true, then they're promoting all of this. And who is behind it? I believe it's Satan. Yeah. Uh, getting people caught up, getting them to become captive. Now, Gary, there is other worldviews as well, and you know more about this than me. But uh, we know in other uh, countries and continents, there are other spiritual worldviews, I'm not sure what they would be called, where they believe in the supernatural, but it's all based on fear and it's based on witchcraft and animism and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So the biblical worldview is different because it's not based on fear. That's that's exactly right. You know, in, in other countries, you've got multiple gods. Mm. Uh, that you know, that's a different worldview again. But certainly in in this country here, you know, okay, we are getting uh, we're getting more and more people uh, who are uh, coming from from different world religions. But it's significant that the three major world religions, and I'm talking Judaism, I'm talking Islam, I'm talking uh, Christianity, uh, are all monotheistic. Yes. Uh, they are not polytheistic, and I'm certainly referring to a mm. mono. Theistic uh, uh, type uh, t- type view. view at this point, yeah. So, 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 Gary, what I love about what we're saying is we're saying the Bible presupposes a supernatural worldview, and just to 
talk about this a little bit more. Um, two verses I want to share with you. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, and why is the Bible supernatural? What we've just read, what it's able to do? The Bible is supernatural because John 17.17, 17, Jesus in that high priestly prayer says, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Now, the Bible is God's written word. Jesus is the living word. So the Bible's God's living word. It's truth. And therefore, the Bible is a supernatural book. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, we can be transformed as we read the Word of God, the written Word of God. Exactly, exactly. That's what's actually taking place. Uh, but of course, if in fact we say, uh, you know, we've got to dig more into this issue of the supernatural mm. because the Scriptures not just talk about a supernatural God, but it actually talks about a supernatural conflict uh, between uh, two forces. And this and, is crucial. And this is actually really, uh, really crucial. So David, look, let's come if we can. Uh, that, you know, I mean, th- this, if you like, the Scriptures call it a Battle, um, you know. I mean, um, the dark side. Yes, is it really there? And this is what our secular culture would have us not believe. Jesus's very first sermon, Gary, um, in the book of Luke, he goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. He he goes in there. He steps up and he reads from Isaiah, the scroll of Isaiah, and he says this, Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are oppressed. So in his first sermon, Jesus is setting out his, his mission. His mission is to proclaim liberty to the captives. Yeah. And it's also to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, this is this is spiritual captives. He's actually not talking here about uh, you know people who are people in prison. Yes, uh, he's talking about people who are spiritually captive. Exactly. So this Jesus' very first sermon. Yeah, I mean that's the most one of the most critical first and last sermons are the two most critical. This is things. his mission statement. This if you is like. his mission statement. Yeah, because everyone on this planet is is oppressed by Satan, not necessarily. Yeah. Possessed but oppressed. Yes. And, yes. and so Jesus knew that. And Jesus knew that. Uh, Jesus, when he, he, um, speaks to John and John writes down the book of Revelation, we, we, we read this in Revelation 12 verse 3 and 4 about this conflict between good and evil. It says, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Um, this is painting a picture um, of a fiery red dragon. Uh, Revelation 12, 7 and 9 tells us that the dragon is, is, um, is Satan, the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, that serpent of old. Um, when it says in Revelation 12:4 that the dragon's tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, we only have to go back to Revelation chapter 1 verse 20 mm-hmm. where we're told that the stars are angels. Yeah. So Revelation 12 paints this picture 3 and 4 of some sort of conflict of ideals and and motives happened in in heaven. 
that began perfect until Isaiah and Ezekiel, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, tell us that sin was found inside Lucifer. And of course, what you get in, you know, I'm glad you brought up Revelation chapter 12, because in verse 7 it talks about, and war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and of course the dragon is of course Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. You know, some people uh, struggle to, uh, with the concept that, you know, war in heaven, is that, is that possible? Mm. Uh, do you know, I, I've actually said to, uh, some, some young people I've started with, you know, have you seen the film Star Wars? And uh, uh, I've said to them, there's actually more truth in uh, certainly uh, some of uh, uh, the Star Wars uh, series uh, than what a lot of people actually realise, because the Bible talks about a war occurring in heaven. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, if you want to pick it up in your, in, in your Bible. And it says there, Gary, in those verses 7 to 9 of Revelation 12, that the great dragon was cast out. This is Satan. And it's using imagery, right, and, and symbols. Satan was cast out and his angels, and they were cast to the earth. Mm. So we know they're supernatural. There are angels. Yes. Uh, Paul talks about them as being ministering spirits. There are good angels and bad angels. If a third of the stars or angels followed Lucifer... That means two-thirds remained loyal to God. Exactly, exactly. So there is this supernatural. And this is why I believe Jesus' first sermon, he talks about the fact that Satan and his angels have been cast out to the earth. Uh, their, their job is to... Um, uh, First Peter 5 tells us that Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy humanity and yeah. inflict pain upon God and humanity. That's why Jesus preaches this first sermon informing his mission statement to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So that's a little bit of background. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen to 15 talk about, um, uh, it says this, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And then it says, verse 14, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And basically, what we're seeing here is this supernatural. This is the evil force, Satan, who is opposed to God yes. and God's people. So this yeah. is this conflict. And this is why it's critical to not adopt the secular worldview you don't know what you're dabbling with. You're dabbling with powerful forces that want to destroy you, even in things as simple as Harry, well, as simple, and I use that in quotation marks, as Harry Potter or mm -hmm. those sorts of things. It's deadly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, David. Look, let's come to some music and then we'll come back uh, to the uh, to the top of the hour. This is uh, Michael Card. The, uh, the song is El Shaddai. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy uh, this beautiful song. Through your love and through the ramp 
And by the power of your hand Turn the sea into dry land To the outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might you set your children song is uh, El Shaddai uh, once again from uh, way back in uh, in my time and uh, love uh, love that uh, that particular rendition though uh, now folks look that uh, giveaway book uh, once again thank you so much to those of you who have actually uh, requested it we've had uh, a number uh, requested today these are starting to uh, become very uh, very popular as you would expect and now look we, our giveaway this week is the New King James Version gift Bible uh, with 
uh, uh, Pastor Mark Finley helps in the back of the the Bible. Uh, these uh, these helps will help you understand many biblical topics. Um, if you'd like uh, uh, this particular Bible, uh, all you need to te- do is text us at o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight. 80811 and uh, the code that you need to need to give us is SA141 now just five digits in a row SA141 to 04888-80811 and uh, uh, that will trigger our robot and our robot will ask you a few questions uh, so that uh, we can get this book to you in the uh, fastest uh, way possible 04888-80811 SA141 now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, and this week we're asking the question, how compatible is biblical belief with Halloween? And today in particular, uh, is the supernatural real? Now David, really appreciate what it is you've been sharing uh, to this uh, to this point in, in time. And just bring it together for us because we are coming to the top of the hour. We've got about uh, seven or eight, eight minutes. Um, what does the New Testament actually say on uh, on the these things. Yeah, as I said before, Gary, if you've got anything that is uh, supernatural in any sense uh, of 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 you know, Harry Potter, those sorts of things, get rid of them. The reason why I say that, Gary, so strongly is uh, Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, the danger that is faced. And this is what we read, 6 verse 12, Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, you might think you're just fiddling with things or a seance or anything like that. It's harmless. It is not. You're not wrestling against fellow human beings, which you might be able to defeat. You're wrestling against supernatural forces, which are far stronger than you are. Exactly. And you know, David, one of the things, the events in the New Testament that really stands out to me is that uh, Paul on one occasion was actually in Athens and uh, there's a record he actually had to deal with this exact same subject in Athens. And um, in uh, in Acts chapter 19, it says this, also many who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Uh, so the word of the Lord grew mighty and prevail for the word of the Lord to grow mightily and prevail it was necessary for these Ephesians to have one mighty bonfire to actually burn the books which uh, uh, contained uh, magic and magic spells so God says you can't serve two masters he was referring to money yeah. but it's true in this case you can't yeah. serve the devil and God yes. they're opposing forces yes. Yes. let's give an example from from uh, Jesus Luke chapter 8 we've got the story of a demon possessed man and uh, Jesus sails with his disciples to a place, Luke chapter 8, 26 to 35, called the Gadarenes. And um, when they hop out of the boat, um, basically a man who has had demons for a long time, he was wearing no clothes, so he's got demons, he's wearing no clothes, he doesn't live in a house but in the tombs, and if you read the other Gospels that talk about this, he had tried to, the people had tried to... Uh, hold him and shackle him with chains, but he broke the chains. He's cutting himself. He's screaming out day and night. He doesn't have a house. He's living in the tombs. He's naked. 
and he's demon-possessed. And I just want to say, if we get involved in the dark side of supernatural, this is what happens. Satan wants to possess us. He wants to make us naked. He wants to cause us pain. He doesn't want to give us any rest. The man's crying out day and night, no sleeping, living in the tombs. When Jesus comes along, the man rushes to him, uh, and he falls down, and in Luke 8 Uh, verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded, Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Mm. For it had seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. So this man is not living a good life. Mm. I don't know how he got into it, but he got into it. And then it says... Um, Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And the man said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. A legion could be anything up around 4,000 soldiers, a Mm. Roman legion. Mm. Mm. I don't know about you, Gary, but this is an identity theft. This man, when he's asked, What is your name? He doesn't have a blank face. Mm. He doesn't say, My name's David or Gary. His name might have been, you know, Jacob, who knows, right? But his name, he says, my name is Legion. Why? Because there are many spirits living inside of me, many demons living inside of me. This is what Satan wants to do to people. He wants to hijack them. He wants to take them over, kidnap who they are, essentially, and make them demon-possessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good news in this story is that the demons beg Jesus. Um. they begged him that he would permit them to enter the pigs. In mm. other words, they didn't have total control, <laughs> Jesus did. And what, yeah. did they do in, what did they do with the pigs when they yeah. got into the pigs? Yeah. They ran wild. And they killed themselves. And this they, is what Satan wants to do with us. Yeah. And, and you might think I'm talking lightly uh, if you're listening to me, but I'm not. When we get involved in bad music, bad viewing, uh, and and other things, we're opening ourselves up because we're not dealing against flesh and blood. We're opening ourselves up to potentially being taken over by demonic spirits. So the scriptures are clear. These things are not myths. Uh, these are are far more real than what our secular world actually credits. Now, David, look, we are coming to the end of our program. Can you? Is there hope? There is. Uh, just on that though, Deuteronomy 18, and we didn't read that, and I want people to look yeah. at that later. It tells people not to get involved with mediums and witches and any of this. Yeah. God knows the danger. So how can we stay safe by avoiding the dark side of the supernatural? Firstly, I'll, I'll give a couple of points. James chapter 4 verse 7. James is Jesus' brother, leader in the church. He says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't submit to God and Satan, only one or the other. If we submit to God, if we surrender to him, he gives us the power to resist Satan. The good news is he flees. He flees like a scared dog when we submit to Jesus. That's powerful. The other thing I'd like to say here, in the same book, James 2 verse 19, uh, James is talking about faith and works, but he says to his readers, he says, you believe that there is one God. You think you're pretty good because you believe there's one God. Mm. And then he says in verse 19 of chapter 2 of James, he says, you do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. So even the demons, James is saying, believe in God. Yeah. But when they hear God, they tremble. Yeah, yeah. And so there is something in, something supernatural in the positive sense in God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, that's why... That's why Jesus, in Luke 4.18, that first sermon, that mission statement for his whole earthly ministry, was to um, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Gary, there's a story um, in the Bible about a boy that was healed uh, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. While he was there, the rest of his disciples were at the foot of the mountain. A man brings his son, who is possessed, the disciples cannot cure the boy. Mm. Jesus comes down. His disciples are sheepishly embarrassed. The man says, your disciples couldn't help me. And Jesus basically cures this boy. He convulses on the ground. The spirit comes out of him. Uh, the father says, often he throws himself in the fire. Later on, the disciples say to Jesus, why weren't we able to do it? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, this kind requires much prayer and fasting. So how can we stay safe from the dark side? We need to pray. Yeah. We need to read the word of God, commune with God, and even fasting is mm. a part to give clarity of mind. So um, Paul in Ephesians 6 says to put on the full armor of God. That's just before he says we don't fight against yeah. flesh and blood. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, David, look, this is this is actually just so important what you're saying here because there is a power, uh, a supernatural power that can overrule uh, the dark side. But to me, I think it's so important that we emphasise that uh, it, it's this, uh, it's this prayer, it's coming to the Word of God, it's uh, committing myself to Jesus Christ. There is power, uh, but in 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 the book of um, Acts, there you find at Athens they also distanced distanced themselves from uh, that which was on the dark side. Yeah, I mean, Gary, we wouldn't um, have uh, asbestos fragments sitting on our, on our dining table, would we? Because we know no. it's dangerous and no. it will cause destruction. Yeah. Why should we think that we can dabble with witchcraft and not have it affect us? Yeah, yeah. It really says something, I believe, about the whole Halloween uh, thesis. Absolutely. Uh, but, David, uh, let's just uh, come to our God in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being the almighty God, the one who is all-powerful. Lord, if there's anybody uh, right now who is struggling with this issue, uh, I pray that you might come upon them in your power uh, and that uh, uh, they might receive your power to receive uh, your victory over this particular matter. And just ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Gary on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join uh, Drive Time tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to be considering Halloween, the media and peer pressure. How do I help my children uh, deal with this reality? Really look forward to your being with us then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 